Good morning. I invite you to turn to Psalm 100. We're going to be looking at a great passage on being thankful, Thanksgiving. Uh, did you all have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. All right. Heard from a few of the kiddos back there that, uh, did you get plenty to eat? Nobody went hungry on Thanksgiving Day. You know, that's something to be thankful for, isn't it? That we have food, we have abundance, and uh, a lot of places in the world do not. As uh, my mom used to love to remind me to finish my plate of all the starving children, you know. Uh, but uh, seriously, it is something that sometimes we take for granted. And the, the phrase we share with one another, the thing that we say is, Happy Thanksgiving. And isn't that ironic? Uh, I want to challenge that phrase just a little bit. Not that we shouldn't do it, but what are we saying? Happy Thanksgiving. Happiness is really tied to happy stances, our, our circumstances. And in our culture, we are able to be happy when things are going well, when we achieve certain success or uh, things, you know, we have health and we're able to be happy. And if things aren't going well, if the team loses or whatever, then we're sad. And uh, it's a roller coaster ride dependent upon circumstances. That's one of the things I greatly appreciate about God and his word, because in his word, he instructs us that we don't have to go through life on a roller coaster ride of being dependent upon circumstances, either going well or not so well. He wants us to come to him and see who he is, God and his character. And he wants us to express gratitude and thanksgiving out of a humble and dependent heart. And when we do that, when we, as we're going to see, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, that God does something very powerful in our lives. He moves and he can touch us. And during times like that, we're not dependent on circumstances. We're depending on him. We're depending on the truth of his character. We're dependent on his word and his provision. We're also depending on each other as a community of believers. And as we're going to see in this psalm, it was a corporate hymn that was sung as they came together to honor and worship the Lord. Thanksgiving is also a time of traditions. Uh, I'm sure your family has traditions and you think back even a generation or two ago, many of those have been passed down to you. And and isn't it fun to be able to share those traditions with our children and to pass on uh, whatever it might be? Maybe it's a certain way you cook the turkey or fry it or the ham or whatever it is. You prepare the food. I grew up in Missouri and one of my fondest memories, we would often have snow on Thanksgiving and we would get up and Dad would get the bird dogs out, and we'd go quail hunting on Thanksgiving Day. Wow, that was awesome. And we really enjoyed times to come back home, and you know, it'd be cold, and the fire would be going, and Mom would have a big meal ready for us. And uh, that, was, that was some true, true living, some true Thanksgiving. So we have uh, traditions that we like to pass on, don't we? And uh, I came across um, one here that uh, in a time of tra- tradition... If you ever read Non Secretor, uh, shoot the turkey, son. It's a family tradition. Here they are in the frozen food section. And so he's passing on a tradition to his son. Uh, and uh, 
maybe a little different one, and this guy's got wide eyes and everything, but we've got traditions, and we want to pass them on. Some of them are interesting, and it's a time when we're with family sometimes and uh, that uh, we hadn't seen for a while, and that can be interesting in and of itself, can it? But here we're, uh, he's passing on a tradition. So as we talk about Thanksgiving, I'd like to begin with talking about, well, we're going to talk about what it is, but what is it not? What is Thanksgiving not? And so to do that, I'm going to begin, and we're in a study of Romans, and let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because what we're going to see is that the lack of thanksgiving, the lack of honoring God, is the first step in a culture spiraling downward. In Romans 1, and we're going through Romans, and we'll be back in Romans next week, but in Romans chapter 1, if we think back to where we were in September... Paul talks about um, those who uh, struggled with unbelief and the consequences and what happens to a culture like this. In, in Romans one twenty one. for even though they knew God, here it is, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So we look at this really dark section of scripture that, that describes humanity and that we were born in sin and the wages of sin is death. And we see that the, our natural bent without Christ, without coming to God, is to look through the lenses of the world and to be ungrateful and to think that we're deserving things and to not look at God for his provision. We see what happens here in this section of scripture. John Whitmer, in his commentary of the Romans, says the lack of thankfulness is the starting point of progressive and accelerating degeneration. Wow. So I want to ask myself, as I'm going to ask you this morning, are you the type of person that is known by expressing gratitude and thanksgiving and humility? Or are you the kind of person that others would say, that person is a negative person? Person. He has more of a demanding spirit and a sense of entitlement. And I know we're all there at times, but in general, what, is, what would people say about us? Because God wants us to respond to him with gratitude and thanksgiving. And I believe this is one of the real marks of Christian maturity that we as followers of Jesus Christ, we express gratitude and thanksgiving, not only to others as the community, the body of Christ, but especially to God for what he's provided. You know, these, uh, we've been at uh, Thanksgiving, we've had, th- th- by the way, these are not my children. Uh, this is a stock photo, but uh, we have opportunities as we've come in a Thanksgiving time to be around family to see uh, the opposite of Thanksgiving, have, haven't we? Any of you all had kids that have uh, fussed a little bit that have, uh, or maybe even you as big kids, you know, we, we still fuss. We just kind of learn to uh, maybe not show it quite this, or maybe you do stick your tongue out sometimes, but uh, we get a little bit uh, better at covering up. And even though in, the, in our hearts, this may be our attitude sometimes, but we put people together at Thanksgiving and families and sometimes things happen and disagreements happen. And God wants us to come to him and enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courses with praise, as we'll see in a little bit. And this is not how he desires for us. But I want to suggest to you, this is our natural bent. 
As Romans has, talks about, not only did they not honor God, did they not show thanks, we go on to see that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are born with a sin nature. And the bent of our flesh, our sin nature, is to have that demanding spirit, that sense of entitlement, that critical spirit, being unforgiving. And it really takes God moving in us, and it takes us intentionally moving towards Him. As we place our faith in Christ and enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, our bodies become temples of His Holy Spirit. We're adopted into His family. We're declared righteous. We have the privilege to have a relationship with a holy God. And unfortunately, as the rhythms of life go on and the seasons go on and the business of life happens, if we're not careful, we can develop a callousness towards him and a lack of appreciation. Um, We see this in Luke 17. In Luke 17, Jesus Christ is uh, with his disciples and we see the healing of 10 lepers. Now, if you know anything about this culture, uh, Jewish culture and even the religious culture, if you were a leper, then you were absolute outcast. You had to declare yourself unclean to all who approached. You had to live separate from the rest of society. You would have to move away into a leprous colony. And so Jesus, in uh, Luke 17, verse 12, he entered a village. Ten leprous men stood at a a distance, met him. And see, they didn't come close because they weren't allowed to come close. They raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. So he's asking them to demonstrate faith by even going to the priest because they couldn't come to the priest unless something had happened. So he's asking them to demonstrate faith and go to the priest. And look what happened. And it came about as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Now this is certainly an excellent example of showing thanks and gratitude. This Samaritan came back and said, thank you. Glorified God. Fell at his feet. Worshiped Jesus. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to the Samaritan, And to his disciples as well. Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where where are they? Was no one found who turned back to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So how is my life characterized? How is your life characterized? Are we the one that comes back and gives thanks? Or are we sometimes... Or maybe even if we're honest this morning, we're like the nine. We just go on our way. And, you know, we get pretty good at asking God for things and praying. God, would you answer? But this is a wonderful opportunity, not only in this season, but develop the spiritual discipline, the attitude of responding to God with gratitude and thanksgiving before him. This is very, very countercultural. Because again, our culture views Thanksgiving, even the phrase, happy Thanksgiving, right? We say it, I say it. Happy, happy stances, happy circumstances. That if things are going well, I feel good, I'm happy. Things not going so well, I'm down here, I'm low. It's dependent on 
the circumstances of life. And what Jesus Christ offers through a relationship with his Father is that we can experience thanksgiving and joy regardless of the circumstances. I would even say especially in those low times, those hard times, those painful times that is a part of life. Jesus wants us to come to him. Come to me, all you weak, weary, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants us to come to him. And this psalm, as we're going to see in a minute, is a wonderful invitation for us to come to him and to respond in gratitude and thanksgiving. It matters not how straight the gate, it matters not how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. It's the poem Invictus by Edgar Wayne Henley. And I want to submit to you that when we are not responding to God with thanksgiving and gratitude, this is what we're saying. I got this. I'm good. We're not exo- we don't acknowledge him as our sovereign, as our king, our Lord and our master. And we in our pride and in our arrogance and our sin are ungrateful for who he is and what he has given to us. And I'm, I'm there sometimes myself, too. That's why this psalm and this preparation for this has been really good for me in my, in my walk with the Lord. So what is Thanksgiving? Well, as I'm talking here, there are two paths. Two paths in life. Two even responses to situations that we can have. One is a response of ungratefulness. Maybe... Um, a lack of forgiveness, maybe a demanding spirit, a critical spirit, negativity, feeling like I'm entitled. And this path, and you've seen people like that that continue on that path, and their life is characterized by not being grateful. And you see people grow old with frowns on their faces and are bitter and angry and lonely. There's another path, and that's the path that God wants us to take, and he's instructing us to come to him this morning, a path of responding to him with thanksgiving gratitude and appreciation and being willing to forgive those who have hurt us, being accepting even the trials that come our way, consider all joy for the various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance and responding to him as our king, our authority, our master with gratitude and thanksgiving. That leads to blessing. That leads to intimacy with God. And it leads to intimacy with others in our family and in the family of God. My big idea this morning is that God desires for his people. So if you know Jesus Christ as your savior, His people, the family of God, God desires for his people to choose. It's an act of the will to choose to respond to him with humility, dependence, and gratitude. Okay? What it is? What is thanksgiving? Well, in the New Testament, it's the Greek word eucharistia. It's from the root word charis, which means expression of joy. Everything about which one rejoices, so it's closely tied with rejoicing, giving thanks. You add uh, on the front of this the the U compound, which means well, right, and proper. And together, Eucharistia, or thanksgiving, means a thankful attitude from the heart, not just pretend, plastic, fake Christianity, but from the heart, showing gratitude and expression of 
of thanksgiving. And God blesses us when we respond to him in this way. And again, I want to suggest to you, this is not the norm. My flesh wants to respond with this, you know, two-year-old, I demand that I get my way, and I deserve it, and I'm angry if I don't. And it's a work of the Spirit of God to bring us to a place where we respond to him with thankfulness and gratitude. You know, we see this um, in our culture. You know, I mentioned how much I love uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, I remember not too long ago, there was not as much commercial commercialization going on with Thanksgiving. Now we have uh, Black Friday, and now we have even more and more stores that are opening on Thanksgiving. This is in yesterday's Eagle. I don't know if you saw this. Black Friday turns chaotic as shoppers scuffle. A shopper in Los Angeles pepper sprayed her competition for an Xbox, and scuffles broke out elsewhere around the U.S. as bargain hunters crowded stores in an earlier-than-usual start to the madness known as Black Friday. Any of you fire up some pepper spray on your competition. Hope this is not talking about any of us. For the first time, chains such as Target, Best Buy, Kohl's opened their doors at midnight on the most anticipated shopping day of the year. Toys R Us opened for the second straight year on Thanksgiving itself, and some shoppers arrived with sharp elbows. Near Muskogan, Michigan, a teenage girl was knocked down and stepped on several times after getting caught in the rush to a sale in the electronics department at a Walmart. She suffered minor injuries. On Thanksgiving night, a Walmart in Los Angeles brought out a crate of discounted Xboxes. And as the crowd waited for the video game players to be unwrapped, a woman fired pepper spray at other shoppers in order to get an advantage, police said. Ten people suffered cuts and bruises in the chaos. Ten others had minor injuries from the spray, authorities said. The woman got away in the confusion. It was not immediately clear whether she got an Xbox. On Friday morning, police said two women were injured and a man was charged after a fight broke out in an upstate New York Walmart. A man was arrested in a scuffle at a jewelry counter at a Walmart in Florida. You can just keep going here. Wow. That's... uh, Gratefulness and gratitude and thanksgiving, isn't it? That's where we are as a culture. That's the bent we're on apart from, and even as Christians, we can develop this. Psalm 100, let's turn there, please. Psalm 100, we're going to look at um, some imperatives that uh, are given to us and how we should respond back to the Lord with an attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude. As we uh, turn to Psalm 100, let me kind of set the stage for this. It's one of the enthronement uh, psalms. Now, that's a big word. What does enthronement mean? Well, as you look at that word, you see the word throne. Okay, so an enthronement psalm, is, it focuses on kingship and rulership of Yahweh over all the earth. Yahweh, which is translated in our Bibles as the Lord, is the covenantal name that God had with his people. The I am that I am appeared to Moses in the burning bush. So out of this covenantal name, God has a special relationship with his people. But he wants his people to understand that they are not God, as we're going to see in this passage, that he is enthroned on high. And we are to come under his sovereignty and submit to his rulership. That's part of responding in gratitude and thanksgiving. Is recognizing that he's God and we're not. Um, and in these enthronement psalms, 96, 7, 8, and 9, we see really Psalm 100 is kind of the culmination of this. 
Let me just read a couple verses from some of these. Uh, Psalm 96, give you an idea of what they're saying. Psalm 96, verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalm 97, verse 1. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let many islands be glad. Psalm 98, verse 1. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. Psalm 99, verse 1. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. And as we look at our psalm, even the superscription, which is not inspired, but it was written to, uh, later on after the, the, psalm was, the psalmist wrote uh, this psalm, it describes what this psalm is about and its purpose. It is, says it's a psalm for thanksgiving. So this psalm was written for God's people to respond with gratitude and thanksgiving. This psalm may have been sung as a worship to the Lord as the pilgrims attended Jerusalem for one of the feasts. There's a strong possibility that this was after the harvest in the fall, autumn, and it was part of the Feast of Booths where they would go and thank God for moving them out of slavery in Egypt and traveling through um, the wilderness and and entering into the the promised land. So it was an annual feast and the worshipers were to prepare their hearts with thanksgiving and we're going to see some imagery as they enter into Jerusalem, what... uh, they, what they were actually to be doing. And so that's a little bit of the context here from this psalm. We do know it is a time of celebration and praise. And as we have just had this season of Thanksgiving, as we're preparing for Christmas, this is a wonderful psalm for us. We see a number of imperatives here. We're going to begin with shout joyfully. Let me just read this. And I'm going to try to emphasize the imperatives as I read them. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gate with thanksgiving and His court with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and His faithfulness to all generations. And so we're to begin, the psalmist instructs us, by shouting joyfully to the Lord, to Yahweh, all the earth. So as we come into the temple, as they were entering into His presence, they would be singing praises to Him. How? Joyfully. They were shouting, Hallelujah, Hallel, praise, Yahweh. They were shouting to the Lord. There was exuberance. There was celebration. They were excited to be there, to be in the presence of the Lord. They were not taking their relationship with Him for granted. They were responding to Him in in worship and adoration. Uh, Children, we're going to get a chance in a little bit. We're going to close out with a couple of Uh, Songs, And you're going to get a chance to sing. And I want to ask you to sing loudly, to shout joyfully to the Lord. And he says, all the earth. Who's that? Who's all the earth? Is that us? That's us too, right? 
But it's all the nations of the earth. This is kind of a precursor to the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. That God desires for every tongue and tribe and nation to shout joyfully to Him, to praise His name, to give honor to Him, to know Him. So that's the first one that uh, we are instructed as in this psalm of thanksgiving to, in a joyful way, to, to shout to the Lord all the earth. We're also instructed to serve Him with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. And this is putting hands and feet to something that God is doing within us, to responding to Him with service. Do you know the moment we place our faith in Christ, we receive His Holy Spirit, and we receive at least one spiritual gift. And when we use those gifts, we build up the body of Christ. God is pleased when we use our gifts and acts of service before Him. And we're all different. We're all unique. We all have different uh, gifts to contribute. But God wants us not only learning and, and gaining head knowledge and knowing more about Him, that's very important, but He wants us to put our faith into action. And so He's calling His people, the nation of Israel, and He's calling us today to, in this act of thanksgiving, will come service and using our gifts. God has, uh, uh, we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he has prepared in us beforehand. So we respond to him and we're being instructed, we're being exhorted with these imperatives to shout joyfully to the Lord, to serve him with a certain heart attitude, with not out of duty or compulsion, but with gladness. He also instructs us to come before him. With, and we see joy again with a certain type of singing. It's marked by joy. Come before him with joyful singing. And here's an invitation that God is asking for his people to come. And you know, as we have just experienced Thanksgiving, as we're going into Advent, we have an opportunity to come before him and to develop the habit and even the discipline of entering into his presence. I think this is especially important. I mean, he is here. Again, our bodies are temples of his spirit. But with the busyness of life and with all the distractions that go on and and with sometimes our own sin, you ever get to where you feel like God is distant? You're kind of far off. You're removed. and He hasn't moved. See, when that happens in my life, I'm the one that's pulled back from him. And that's one of the things he's asking us to do is to recognize what goes on. And maybe it's a trial you're going through. Maybe it's um, you've lost a loved one or you're going through a difficulty and you're, you're discouraged, you're down, you're depressed. And we all have times like that. And he's saying during those times, especially during those times, come to, come to me. He's saying, come before him with joyful singing. In verse 4, he's going to say, enter his gates. So we have a part to move towards him. And as we do that, he responds. He's the rewarder of those who seek him. And so if you're here this morning and God feels far removed and far away, we'll move towards him. And he will bless you as a result of that. Come before him with joyful singing. And there's some things we need to know as we come before him because the more I know about God and the more I know about his character, the more I'm able to respond with thanksgiving and with worship according to who he is. 
There's some things he wants us to know. Know that the Lord himself is God. Elohim, God. He's the sovereign one. He's the one on the throne, not me. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. He's our creator. He's the one. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. He's the one that is blessing and giving us. The very fact that we're able to have food to eat. What do we do before a meal? We give thanks. And that's not just intended to be a perfunctory activity, but we're responding to him saying, God, thank you. I have something to eat. There's a lot of people in the world who don't. We have air to breathe. We have bodies. And even if the outer man is decaying, hopefully the inner man is being renewed day by day. And so we're to respond to him knowing more about who he is. He is the Lord. He is God. He's made us. He's on the throne, not us. But we're also to know about who we are. And this is kind of a little snapshot of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He said, we, those of us who are followers now of Jesus Christ, we are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. Do you ever struggle with who you are? Do you ever struggle with wishing you were made a little differently or you're more like your brother or sister or you wish you were, uh, had a different something about you? Well, God wants you to know that you're his and that you're special and he's made you the way he's made you. And with being one of his sheep, there's ownership that we're his. And he's promised to care for us and protect us and provide for us. So we need to know, as we're instructed in this psalm, to know more about God, but also about who we are. And we're um, to um, enter his gates with a certain way, uh, enter into the gates of Jerusalem in this case, with thanksgiving, and to enter his courts, the temple, with praise. And so we have an opportunity, not only here this morning, and that's what I'm encouraging us as followers of Christ, to develop the habit of responding to God with thanksgiving and gratitude, with coming to Him with dependence and humility, which is the opposite of pride and arrogance and self-focused attitude. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. So we're to respond and give thanks to Him and to bless His name. God, I thank you. I praise you for who you are, for what you've done. I bless you for the Lord. Why? Why? Because look at verse five. The Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. His faithfulness to all generations. Do you believe that the Lord is good? Do you believe that no matter where you are, what happens, trials, celebrations, good times, hard times. Sometimes we have to go here and remind ourselves of the truth of God's inerrant word, that God is still good. This last week, I've talked to some people who've lost loved ones. And I reminded them that even in the midst of tragedy, we may not feel like it, but God is good. His character hasn't changed. Because again, if we're Focusing on our circumstances, we're going up and down like this. But God is good. His character is unchanging. The Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. Loving kindness, His chesed, His loyal covenantal love with His people is forever. 
It's not only for this life, but it's for eternity. It's forever. It's everlasting. And his faithfulness is to all generations. Because God, again, is a good God. He is immutable. He is unchanging. His character is consistent. And um, we can know that. We're to respond by blessing his name. Oliver Wendell Holmes, the greatest act of faith of a human being is the admission that he is not God. Because what are we saying if we're not responding with gratitude and thanksgiving? If we have this demanding spirit, this critical spirit, if we have this sense of entitlement, we're not coming under his sovereign rule. And in our pride and arrogance, we're not acknowledging that he, in this enthronement psalm, that he reigns and is supreme. What about during the tough times? And this is really where the rubber meets the road. The Apostle Paul, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he says that in everything we're to give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything we're to give thanks. What? You'll find that's kind of a tough pill to swallow when you're going through something pretty tough, when you're discouraged, you're depressed. I do too. And that's where if we put our faith in our emotions or or focus on the feeling, we're going to go right down like that. Paul's saying in everything, regardless, give thanks. And I want to submit to you that in life's dark moments, in times of our deepest pain, that's when we most of all need to be giving thanks to him. And we need to be moving towards him. Some of you know we lost a little girl um, a number of years ago. Our first daughter, Elizabeth, uh, lived five, year, five months and uh, 17 days. And after her death, I had a really hard time buying into this. Okay? It took me months to get there. But Susan and I walked clinging to God and clinging to each other. We found that in life's darkest moments... Our time of deepest pain. This is really true. That as we enter into being reminded of the reality that God is good. That his loving kindness is forever. And as we say God. And again I'm I'm telling you it probably took me almost a year to say God I give you thanks for what happened. With losing my daughter. I I was angry. I went through counseling. I had some people that came alongside me and prayed for me. And today, and again, sometimes it takes some time. Say, God, thank you so much for her. What a joy it was to have that time with her. Thank you for the way you taught me more about your love and your mercy and your kindness through her life and, yes, even in her death. I have couples that come in and they're, they're struggling in their marriage. And, you know, we'll sit down, and, you know, in a counseling session and, And in times of struggle, what do we do? We want to focus on what's wrong with the other person. Well, they did this, and she did that, and he did this. And sometimes I just got to say, wait, wait, time out, time out. Tell me one thing that you appreciate about your spouse. One thing. And sometimes it's kind of hard to to do that, you know, where there's so much rancor and stuff. But... If couples that are struggling, and if, and if you and your marriage are struggling, 
instead of focusing on the, the negative and being critical and being bitter and being unforgiving, it's, this works in our relationship with God as well as our relationship with one another. If we'll respond with giving thanks and believing the best in that person and saying, you know, this may, this may hurt. And maybe even if they're not responding to, to me this way, I'm going to give thanks. And so I want you to know I appreciate you for this. Thank you for this act, whatever. You're moving towards that person. Same thing with us and God. If you're feeling distant, move towards him this morning. Paul says, in everything, give thanks. This is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Some uh, researchers in psychology are learning about gratitude. Uh, This was in the Eagle on Wednesday. Count your blessings this Thanksgiving. It's good for you. While it seems pretty obvious that gratitude is a positive emotion, psychologists for decades rarely delved into the science of giving thanks. But in the last several years, they have, learning in many experiments that it's one of humanity's most powerful emotions. It makes you happier and can change your attitude about life, like an emotional reset button. We need to reset a little bit, especially in hard times like these. Beyond proving that being grateful helps you, psychologists also are trying to figure out the brain chemistry behind gratitude. University of Miami psychology professor Michael McCullough, who has studied people who are asked to be regularly thankful. When you are stopping and counting your blessings, you are sort of hijacking your emotional system. And he means hijacking it from out of a funk into a good place. A very good place. Research by McCullough and others finds that giving thanks is a potent emotion that feeds on itself, almost the equivalent of being victorious. He said psychologists used to underestimate the strength of simple gratitude. It doesn't make people happier. I'm sorry, it does make people happier. It's that incredible feeling. One of the reasons why gratitude works so well is that it connects us with others. McCullough said, that's why when you give thanks, it should be more heartfelt and personal instead of a terse thank you note for a gift or a hasty run through grace before dinner. And he goes on and he talks about how in the, with their clients, they're asking them to begin Thanksgiving journals where they are giving thanks and showing appreciation and journaling uh, things that they're thankful for or, or characteristics they're thankful for and others. What's this saying? All this is talking about is something our Bible has been teaching is that researchers now in the field of psychology are understanding that something happens in our brain when we give thanks. And that's what the psalmist is saying. God understands this. He knows how we're made. And he knows that even in the hard times, if we'll respond to him with thanksgiving and gratitude, something happens. And it may not be immediately noticed, but it begins to move us in a different direction. And we begin to soften. And we begin to, God begins to really have fertile soil where he can work and his word can change our lives and his spirit can move in our hearts. So I want to ask you, and as I'm asking myself, if there's areas of our life where you're struggling, where there's pain, or if there's unconfessed sin, there's bitterness, there's rancor, there's issues, in a moment, uh, Colin's going to come up and we're going to have an opportunity to deal with those and confess those as sin and to respond to God with thanksgiving. So we need to especially give thanks in the difficult times. What are some examples in Scripture? 
Psalm 92, verse 1. It's good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalm 95, 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Luke 22. This is in the the time of the Last Supper. Christ with his disciples. And Jesus, when he had taken some bread, what did he do? He gave thanks. Jesus gave thanks. And this is something we're to do whenever we take communion. He gave thanks. He broke it and he gave to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In Ephesians 5, we're instructed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul goes on to describe what happens when we're filled with the Spirit. When we're filled with the Spirit, then we're speaking to one another. and We will speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord. Always, and here it is, giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God. Philippians 4, 6. Any of you anxious? Any of you worried? It says, be anxious for nothing and everything by prayer and supplication. And here's a qualifier here. How are we to pray? If we're anxious, if we're fearful, how are we to come before the Lord with our prayers and our supplications? We're to do it with thanksgiving. And we're to let our requests be made known to God. So how should we respond this morning? Talked about thanksgiving. Summarizing, responding with thanksgiving, regardless of where we are, is to come to the Lord. To move towards Him with thanksgiving. We're to know that the Lord is God. And we're not. He is sovereign. And whatever circumstance we're going through, we're to come under his kingship and acknowledge that you're Lord. And acknowledge the the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. We're to know that we are his people. Through faith in Christ, we've entered into a relationship with God that is forever. And we're his people. We're his sheep. The sheep of his pasture. He owns us. And he will care for us and provide for us and love us with his chesed, loyal, unconditional love throughout eternity. We're to respond by serving him with gladness. This is one of the things my parents taught me as I was a young boy, that we're to be a part of serving those, others that may be in need. I remember as a, a young boy, my, my mom particularly would go visit shut-ins and take me with her. She'd go visit some people that needed meals. And that had a big impact on me growing up, is to serving others, uh, and especially uh, with this heart of gladness and gratitude. Give thanks. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much that God has given us. How dare we presume upon God with our pride and arrogance that we deserve this? Everything we have is a gift. Living in this wonderful country, being able to live in here in College Station, being able to attend a church and worship freely, we have so much to be thankful for. We need to bless His name. Don't be like the nine that didn't come back to God. Respond to Him. Give thanks. Bless His name. Two paths in life, a path of ungratefulness, which results in bitterness, or a path of thanksgiving, which results in blessing. So again, the the main idea this morning is God desires for us, His people, to choose to respond to Him with humility, dependence, 
and gratitude. Let's pray and then we're going to respond in worship. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for this time that we have to uh, together. We thank you for uh, the season of Thanksgiving that was set aside in our country to be a holiday, to be thankful. We're reminded that this season was um, even instituted or begun by the pilgrims in, in the year where they celebrated the first Thanksgiving. About half of the number had perished. And Abraham Lincoln instituted this for our nation during the Civil War in a time of strife to be thankful. We certainly want to respond to you this morning with gratitude and thanksgiving. And Lord, now as we prepare our hearts for worship, if there's any area of our lives where we have, uh, we have sinned, we just want to come before you and confess that to you and turn and repent from our sin. So, uh, Colin, is, you go ahead and guide us here. Colin's going to lead us in a time uh, just instrumentally as we go before the Lord and I want to ask us, I want to ask myself, I want to ask you to go before the Lord and ask Him to search your heart. Is there any area that God's dealing with you this morning? Is there anyone you need to forgive? Anyone you need to ask their forgiveness? been ungrateful confess that to him is there anything you're hanging on to something that made you angry or someone that made you angry turn loose of it give it to God confess it to him Is there a situation in your life that just been getting you down, really frustrated? Something at work, something at school, maybe a broken relationship. Confess that to God. Tell Him about it. Maybe you've just been going through life. Everything's, things are going pretty good. You've been taking things for granted. You've been taking God for granted. Father, we thank you in your word that uh, you said if we confess our sins, you're faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so as your people now, we just want to come before you and ask you to forgive us of our sins. Wash us clean, Father, as we confess our sins to you. Thank Him now. Give thanks. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Come to Him now with a heart of thanksgiving and praise. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this moment. We feel your presence here. We feel your touch. And as your people, we desire now to respond with gratitude and thanksgiving and worship.
Father, we do praise you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the privilege to come and worship you. Thank you for this uh, wonderful church. Thank you for these believers. Father, if there's anyone here today who's never begun a relationship with you, I just pray that they would respond to you with a simple act of thanksgiving, believing, Jesus, that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for their sins and trusting in your provision for salvation and experience forgiveness of their sins. Lord, I pray that all of us would develop the habit, the discipline of being more Christ-like. And as he gave thanks to you, let us be people who are known by our gratitude, our thanksgiving, our humility, and our dependence upon you. We love you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.